When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, Episode 1827, The Act of Loving, by Tamsin Firestone of psychalive.org. Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for joining me once again as we embark on yet another episode of ORD. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino. Happy to be here with you today, and happy to be reading once again from the Psychalive blog, which is, well, I don't like to play favorites, but it is quickly becoming one of my personal favorites, I have to say. So let's not wait any longer. We're going to jump right into this post from them about the act of loving as we optimize your life. The Act of Loving by Tamsin Firestone of psychalive.org It's so easy to overlook the fact that love is more than a feeling. It's an action. Love isn't just a noun, it's a verb. The act of loving is more gratifying for both the lover and the beloved than the state of being in love. That state is passive. It easily dissolves into an internal fantasy about being in love, a fantasy bond. The act of loving involves various types of real behavior that will keep a close relationship alive and vital, such as offering emotional and physical acts of affection, expressing tenderness, compassion, and sensitivity to your partner's needs, sharing activities and interests, maintaining honest exchanges of personal thoughts and feelings. We often make the mistake of regarding love as an instinct or an innate ability. We expect that loving should be second nature, like breathing. But like any other action, love is a skill that can be learned and developed. There are three simple steps that make up the act of loving. Acknowledging and accepting your partner's loving actions, being grateful and expressing your gratitude, and giving back with actions of your own. Number 1. Acknowledging and Accepting Your Partner's Loving Actions The first step is to recognize and accept the loving actions coming from your partner. This is much more difficult than it sounds, because most of us lack full awareness of what is given to us. We tend to see our partner in terms of what we want from him or her, or what we should be getting from him or her. To gain perspective, step back from your partner. As you stand apart, Get a feeling for yourself as a separate, independent person, perfectly capable of functioning on your own. The world doesn't owe you anything. And in spite of life's disappointments and frustrations, you are a victim of no one. You are just you, alone. Now take a look at your partner, apart from you. Separate from anything you may expect, want, or demand from your partner. Separate from any role your partner may be fulfilling in relation to you. Like you, Your partner is a person, alone. Once you're able to experience yourself and your partner from this vantage point, seeing the two of you as two discrete individuals, look at what your partner is giving you. Don't look for grandiose gestures of love and devotion. Don't look for what you think your partner ought to be doing for you. Look for real, everyday acts of thoughtfulness, sensitivity, and kindness. Look for unique acts of giving that are an expression of your partner's nature and sensitivity to your nature. Partners hurt each other by overlooking simple acts of love. However, when you acknowledge your partner's acts of love, 
you accept the love your partner is offering to you. Number two, being grateful and expressing your gratitude. Once you have acknowledged and accepted what your partner is giving you, the next step is to be grateful and express your gratitude to your partner. But don't rely on the occasional extravagant or effusive expression of gratitude. Instead, express your gratitude to your partner whenever you experience tender feelings of thankfulness because he or she has extended kindness, sensitivity, or generosity to you. And number three, giving back with actions of your own. Once you have acknowledged, accepted, felt gratitude, and expressed your gratitude for what your partner is giving you, the final step is to give back to your partner. But giving back to your partner is about being attuned to your partner as a person, separate from you and your relationship. Giving back to your partner involves, first of all, your awareness that you two are different people with your own individual traits, interests, and desires. And it is this awareness that attunes you to what your partner personally wants and needs. Therefore, the final step is the act of responding to your partner's personal needs with actions that are highly sensitive. Because this personal level of giving is such a profound expression of yourself, the more wholeheartedly you give back to your partner, the more fully you realize who you are. Expressing your love in this manner enriches both your lives. Your critical inner voice will most likely try to sabotage your loving exchanges with your partner. It will influence you to overlook a loving gesture. He never demonstrates his love for you. I don't see any signs of it. It will belittle your partner's loving responses. You call that loving? It's nothing. You deserve more than that. It will make fun of you when you acknowledge something your partner has given you. You are so pitiful. You're practically groveling. It will ridicule the exchanges between you. You two lovebirds are so mushy it nauseates me. I can practically hear the violins in the background. But when you ignore your critical inner voice and continue to be loving, the voice will weaken and fade, and you will triumph. As we develop the ability to accept love with dignity and return love with appreciation, we find ourselves actively involved in being in love, rather than losing each other by falling into a passive state of fantasizing about being in love. You just listened to the post titled, The Act of Loving by Tamsin Firestone of psychalive.org. And thanks so much to Tamsin for this post. Very well aligned with one we heard last week from Dr. Kelly Flanagan, I think. I really appreciate this post and how a lot of its lessons hinge on being able to first separate ourselves from our partners. That idea provides a nice visual element to me. At least that's how my mind perceives it and, and learns from it. But while you're there thinking about all the simple things your partner does for you or you for them, if you'd like this post to hit a little bit deeper, next consider all the things they might choose to do instead. Think about the other ways that they might spend their time, enriching their lives in ways that are a bit more direct and affect only them. Remember that they are actively choosing to perform selfless acts, acts that are good for both of you. There's a lot of power in that. Now, is there an argument or an exception to be made? Sure. You know, sometimes our, our traumas result in us being overly dutiful like this. And to do things for oneself or escape from completing tasks for others is actually very difficult, as opposed to being a loving conscious choice. So I do think the possibility of that is something to be considered on both ends and something to work through separately if necessary. But aside from that, these acts of love and the feelings that drive them are both pure and, after a while, automated, 
which is an amazing combination. So reflect on that, my friends. It's time to wrap things up here on ORD today. But as always, I thank you for coming. I appreciate your time. And I hope to see you again tomorrow for more ORD, where your optimal life awaits.